In one square mile of this saloon lies the greatest concentration of wealth in the world. Yes. But how was a bartender gonna get his hands on any of it? This is the big time. Are you ready for the big time young Mr. Flanagan? I think I can handle it. On this first episode of the Booze Cruise, we um, appropriately watched Cocktail. Of course, if you're going to do a podcast with Tom Cruise and alcohol, your first one has to be Cocktail, right? That's the only natural one. And neither of us had seen it. This is um, Fran Dorsey, one of my best friends, who I've known for, what, 11 years? Yeah, I think it was that long. 2008, I think. Met at a... Homeschool dance, <laughs> but I was chaperoning. <laughs> Where Fran danced up to me um, and said, "I like your sweater vest," which is pretty <laughs> much the basis of our friendship. Says everything you need to yeah. know about Fran and I. Yeah. Um, she was dancing to Usher in the church lobby, so that's pretty much Fran in a nutshell. Yeah, I feel I'd like. like to think that the beginning of our friendship has really led to. You now having a podcast with booze in the title. (laughs) I think I do have you to thank for that, Um, which is a huge reason why I chose you for this podcast. And it's not like the entirety of our friendship, but I do feel like we've bonded over pop culture. Yes, for sure. Just in general. Yeah, I don't feel like I have a... I feel like there's a select few people that I can really talk about pop culture with and they'll know what i'm talking about like just like really like minute references like right yeah no we get it and that's why i had fran on the first podcast because i was like i know she'll be able to riff and have fun with this um so we just got finished watching cocktail which both of us this was the first time we'd seen it <laughs> right. it's, and i'm gonna say probably the last also. yeah i don't know that i'll ever watch it again um it has a five percent tomato meter on rotten tomatoes <laughs> um a 58 percent audience score which i feel is generous um i think that's generous for maybe maybe there's like a cult following out there that right i don't know about when i was reading up on it it was like the defining bartending movie of the 80s and i was like is there such a thing (laughs) as a defining bartending movie of any decade much less the 80s i mean honestly when you said that when you said you were doing a podcast i was really excited when you said it was going to be on Tom Cruise, I was pretty disappointed. We have, we, we'll, we'll move on from Tom yes. Cruise eventually. But Tom Cruise, but I feel like he has an interesting. Yeah, please explain why it was Tom Cruise. Filmography. Because it rhymed with booze. That's true. That was like, I understand that. It has like the, you know. And also, as you've been talking about it, I didn't realize how many mo- movies he's been in. It's a lot. Yeah. Like, I'll just keep coming. I'm like, oh, I forgot that he was in that. Well, and I think, like, I didn't realize until I started looking at it. I was like, I have not seen a majority of his movies. Yeah, I was, I think, I think I mostly just know him from the Scientology days. (laughs) And I am, like, strongly Team Remini. Oh, yeah. And. I mean, obviously. I just think that he's probably a psychopath. Well, so that's a fun fact about this movie that I looked up is that um, he met Mimi Rogers during the pre-production of this movie oh yeah they were married right they were together they were married during this movie and this is the movie that he got into scientology while he was filming it oh, because wow. mimi's Ro- mimi rogers dad was like besties with l ron hubbard oh gosh i know so this is like this movie has i totally ties. forgot he was married to mimi rogers i know right because that must have been for what 10 minutes because right oh yeah i was looking at imdb because I was trying to remember movies that I actually liked with him in it. <laughs> and and it turns out none of them. I like, yeah. I like Minority Report. That's a I great actually movie. thought of um, Far and Away. Did you ever see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Far and Away. That's a great one. Which was at the beginning. That was in 92. And that was the beginning. It was the, I mean, was he was pretty the, newly married to Nicole Kidman at that point. I feel like they're married Days like Days of Thunder. Years. Was that the one they met on? I think so. Okay. We, I mean, obviously, we'll be reviewing all of those during the podcast. So we'll figure all that out. 
Um, but Cocktail was 1988, mm-hmm. which was post Top Gun, pre Rain Man. Although I think Rain Man also came out in 88, but I think this one came out first. Okay. So, I mean, easily like two of the most like career defining performances for right. Tom Cruise. And this one's just when sandwiched was risky right in business? the middle. When was, was Risky that, like, Business? His first? It was, I want to say like mid 80s. I don't know. I have to look it up. But 1988, I was one. How old were you? I was, t- wait, 1988, I yeah. was two. You were two. So it's kind of nice to get like a little slice of the, the yeah, time I just didn't of grow life up with, Yeah, I didn't grow up with him as the heartthrob. I, you grew up as the crazy couch jumping Oprah. Right. And I didn't loving. see Top Gun until probably, I mean, I don't think I saw Top Gun until I was in college. And by that point, it's kind of dated and you're like, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, my mom was like in love with Tom Cruise in the 80s. I, I mean, I get it. He was like, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I you, see this movie and I think, oh, wow, you are really cute. Yeah, he's very attractive, baby Tom Cruise. And he does look, he looks very young in this movie. Um, okay, so for those of you who haven't seen Cocktail, and I'm going to assume if you weren't like, you know, in your 20s in the 80s <laughs> that you probably haven't seen it. Um, We're just going to spoil gonna give this us, all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it, let's be honest, it doesn't really ruin the movie if you <laughs> know what's going to I don't think happen. you need to see the movie. You really... I be I mean it's a slice of the 80s. It's got a great soundtrack. It does have a really great soundtrack. I'm I mean I am ready to follow that playlist on Spotify. I'll say that. Right? Yeah. It's a great playlist, but not I mean the playlist is probably better. The soundtrack's probably better than the movie. Okay, so I asked Fran to kind of take some notes and <laughs> give us a summary of the plot of this movie. So Fran, go for it. So the movie follows this <laughs> so bad it's so no it's nice. good i love it no, this is gonna be great I mean, you even like prepped me that i would do this and i know it's all it yeah at least so, i didn't spring it on you yeah i would say it's based on this young ambitious young man named brian flanagan don't you think it's weird too okay so they set up this whole like ex-military thing at the beginning of the movie that yeah i was gonna no- ask you about that i thought oh wow that's gonna somehow like the opening scene of the movie is him and a bunch of his bros in this car and they have they're chasing down a greyhound they're chasing down a greyhound and then it's all of his military buddies and then he gets on the greyhound well and they never revisit the fact that he's (laughs) ex-military and i'm like it's such a odd like yeah like why couldn't it have opened with him walking into his uncle's bar yeah there's just a moment where his uncle's like ah you're back you're home from the war sorry yeah he says wars, and I'm like, it's 88. Like, That's what, what I wrote down. I was like, home from the wars? What? All of the wars that you've been fighting. But then you also, on the on the Greyhound, I wrote down these, also, schmooze cruise. Nice. Like, who knew there were so many? Oh, I know. Things that rhyme with cruise? Right. And then awkwardly, like, he's holding a baby right. on the well, bus. Well, that's why he was just schmoozing everybody. I thought, okay, he's really, he's got a lot of charisma. He's reading a book. Um, how, how to, to turn mil- your idea oh, yeah. into a million dollars <laughs> yes and yeah i'm thinking wow this is do you think that that was like foreshadowing though the kid part and uh, not to spoil anything oh, before the end of this podcast i didn't think of that until just this moment but i know i feel like there's a lot of foreshadowing we'll talk about that in a little bit but, but go ahead keep walking but us at the through same the time was there okay so i also think that this movie i really loved how much they really incorporated those powerful montages. Oh, it was. So you realize, you know, he wants to turn his idea into a million dollars. We don't really know what the idea is, but then he decides he's from Queens and then he was in the military and then he comes back to go to the big city. Oh, and he interviews for a million right, jobs. Right, and he interviews for a million jobs that he in abs- Wall Street that, that he, he has no qualifications yeah. for whatsoever. Exactly. They're like, kid, you're not ready for this. You've you not even to go gone to-, to college. I know. I don't know why. Tom Cruise just thinks like he can get by with his smile and his good looks, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I mean, he's thinking. Yeah. But so then he's <clears throat> there's this whole rejected by Wall Street montage. And then he literally stumbles into an empty bar. And there's this. Not just any bar. It's a TGI Fridays. I didn't realize. I did not notice that. It's a TGI Fridays. <laughs> in I'm like, was that big in 88? Like, I don't know. Yeah, that really... It's the weirdest, like, to me, like, a TJ Fridays now is, like, like, that's the bottom of the... Right, now that you, it, when you reframe it that way, it's 
because well first of all you have to say that he stumbles into this empty bar i did not know it was a tgi fridays which is the equivalent of an applebee's where we have this mr miyagi type bartender from australia i just referred to him as aussie miyagi because i didn't know what his name was halfway through the movie fran was like what's his name i've just been referring to him as aussie miyagi and i was like that's even better and then honestly like i had to look it up on imdb and then i said it wrong for the first like hour of the movie <laughs> yes. i was like it's doug coughlin and then by the end she's like it sounds like they're saying goblin <laughs> yeah. and I was like, yeah, what? his name is doug coughlin but, but he it's has this coglin that's he why looks i was like, saying it wrong. he's this australian guy who looks like looks and acts like a really young sleazy misogynist michael kane is what i wrote down that's so accurate <laughs> he is he reminds me of michael kane a lot he in this does, movie yeah but he has all of these, but australian instead of british yes yeah. and he what is yeah he's just one of his lines <laughs> that i wrote down there's so many. I also wrote down, wow, cocktail would not fly in 2019. No, absolutely We can not. also get back into that. But he says at one point, and I'm not even going to attempt an Australian accent okay. because I'll just ruin it. Okay. I wish I could. Tom Cruise tries to, <laughs> tries to bartend one night, and then it's just a horrible – there's another montage with screaming patrons at the bar and he's very overwhelmed but like right into the camera they're right screaming into, like yeah right. it's, it's very it's very um it's very in your powerful face. well it's very in your face yes for sure but he so basically he's just feeling defeated and overwhelmed after his first night as a bartender um i'm referring to brian flanagan of course <laughs> and aussie miyagi He's talking about how the waiter. What did he say? The no, waitresses? Tom Cruise is like the waitresses hate me. Oh, the waitresses hate me. Oh, because he offers him like a job. He's like, come <laughs> back next Thursday. <laughs> he's like, come back next Thursday. I've got it. Yeah, he says, I've got five yeah. shifts for you. Which how many shifts are in a day? Right, five shifts. Right. He says, wait. Oh, so he's like the waitresses hate me. And then, um, Doug, Aussie the Aussie Miyagi, Miyagi yeah. is like, wait until you've given them crabs, then they'll really hate you. And you're like, what, what? Doug? And then it just cuts to the next scene as I know. if it's nothing. As I, like, asked, I kind of did a double take and thought, did he really just say that? Um, also, I wrote down that I really love in movies when there's something that they really struggle at and then they master this new craft and like there's always minutes. this scene. Yeah where everybody's having a great time and they're so good at it and people are so impressed by them. And I kept waiting for that to happen, but it just seemed like by the second time that he did it, everything was great. Yeah. But... Oh, that scene where they, like, do the synchronized bartending. I mean, that was cute, but now... It was pretty great. All I can think of is that was at TJ Fridays. <laughs> did you not pick up? They no, the re- I really They had the red and white striped, like, polos on and everything. I think there's, like, a whole joke in there, too, about how he's, like... um Oh, his like his business project for school is that he wants to franchise the bar for suburbs and it's a TGI Fridays. Wow. And I'm like, so I had a question about the movie that I was like, was TGI Fridays franchised before this movie started? (laughs) And did somebody come up with that idea? Right, Somebody's watching it and they're like, you know what? That's brilliant. Or yeah, I don't understand what the impetus for that was like at all. Let's go into the suburbs, microwave some. Spinach and artichoke dip (laughs) and call it a day. I wrote down, okay, wow, young Tom is really cute. Good for you. Kind of a similar charisma to young Matt Damon. Oh, I could see that. For sure. In Goodwill Hunting, that kind of. Or that, like, the ambitious side was kind of Zac Efron esque in Greatest Showman. Oh, ooh. It's a stretch. I I like that comparison. He does have a Zac Efron, like, Zac Efron definitely has, like, a young Tom Cruise vibe. Right. For sure. I I could see that. Also, I wrote that some other comments that I wrote. Great movie if you're into misogynist banter. <laughs> um, also, I said Tom Cruise lip syncing makes me deeply uncomfortable because yeah, I thought he does it multiple times. He maybe. does it in this movie to "Addicted to Love," which is a great song. Yeah, but he does this face. I wish we could. You're gonna have to like add a link to the show notes. I'll send you. <laughs> What's the face? Do it for me right now. No, I can't. Please. But he also does it in Jerry Maguire when he's alone in his car singing Free Falling. Oh. Why is he singing so much in his movies? I don't. I am just not realizing it. I don't like the song Free Falling. Not a popular opinion. But I think it's because of Tom Cruise and Jerry Maguire. Because of that movie? Yeah. Because it's just so cringy. We're going to have to bring you back for the Jerry Maguire episode. Oh. He trains with Aussie Miyagi. He basically ditches business school. 
Yeah, that was the other thing too, is that at the beginning it seemed like all he really wants, they set it up like all he really wants in life is to work on Wall Street and become a millionaire and turn his ideas into millions. First of all, what is his idea? He doesn't have, his he idea is that he wants idea. to make a million dollars. Yeah, he just wants to make a million dollars. Yeah. Which I mean. That's fine. Yeah. And then he's just kind of buddies up with. Aussie Miyagi. Aussie Miyagi. And they're so good at their job that they get offered a gig at a different club in New York City, like a called, more high end. Yeah, a really cool, bougie club called Cell Block. Yeah, and their uniforms look like it's basically like referee uniforms. Yeah, but it's like TGI Fridays, but black and white. <laughs> basically, it's like yeah, it's true. like the red and white striped. <laughs> they just like went like the non saturated version of what's the TGI a bougier Fridays. version of TGI Fridays? Is a good example. Oh, a bougier version of TGI Fridays. Like Rafferty's? <laughs> is that bougie enough? I think that's kind of the same. Drake's. What? Drake's would be like oh, a bougie yeah. TGI Fridays. I could see that. I don't know. Anyways. So cell block, but it's not a restaurant. It's a bar with right. with poets, which to me is that the weirdest. That was also the weirdest scene of It's the, the weirdest scene in the whole movie. Just imagine like anything you've ever pictured of like a New York City nightclub and what you imagine would be happening there. And the last thing I would imagine is people reciting poetry and people like <laughs> and chanting guy- <laughs> for more, like well, more poems, guy more poems. It. it was like a weirdo business, like wall street guy. Yeah. It was really something. I know. I, know, I just kept watching it thinking what, where's this going? That to me, honestly, like, and it's a weird movie, but that's the weirdest scene of the whole movie for me. Cause I'm it like, who, was. who is, what group of 200 people in the middle of New York city in skin tight dresses is like more poems, more poems. From some, stockbroker guy nerdy stockbroker guy yeah so in that scene is when we see gina gershon i know you say her name yes and you're like what is that gina gershon i know yes it is i also wrote down that i love watching old movies like this and then seeing them when they were kind of unknown yes which is the same as i remember watching um girls just want to have fun yeah with sarah jessica parker which she was like a tiny baby in that yeah but Shannon Doherty was in that and Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt? I think that that was, yeah. I think she played Sarah Jessica Parker's friend, like her quirky friend. And that had to, I think it was one of her first movies. But anyway, I always love those. Yeah, like you're like, oh my gosh, it's Gina Gershon. Yeah. Yeah. Which in this scene, he makes her. Oh, I keep forgetting. Turquoise Blue is the name of the drink the name of the drink i've asked jessica to tell me the name of it but like so this was this is the drink for this episode is the turquoise blue it is it looks like scope it does look like mouthwash but it's actually delicious it is good um and it is actually on the legitimate tgi fridays cocktail menu Oh, the turquoise blue to this day i don't know if it's to this day okay we'll have to go to tgi should we take a sip so they can Hear the sound of yeah. us drinking? Yes. <laughs> is this your ASMR? Yeah. Is that what it is? <laughs> Hashtag ASMR. <laughs> I want to spit on the microphone. I'm going to have to edit that out just because I won't be able to listen to it. <laughs> like it's going to be too much for me. Um, it's good. It's made with um, rum. Triple sec. Triple sec. Blue curacao pineapple juice and sweet and sour and sweet and sour it's pretty good i mean i don't know that i drink it like all the time but it's it's pretty good and it's better than the most popular drink from this movie which i almost made us drink which is called the oh red eye absolutely not i if do you I, know what? I looked up the ingredients this is what it's made this is what we could have been drinking so i would have it's one ounce of vodka six ounces of tomato juice one can of beer and a raw egg <laughs> I would have thrown it against your wall. (laughs) You know, like, absolutely not. And I'd be doing this podcast by myself. It's fine. Um, But they, that was, but they, I mean, the blue, wait, what is it? Turquoise blue. blue. (laughs) I can't. I don't know why that's so hard for me. All right. I won't make you say it anymore. So the turquoise blue is in only one scene, but this. But it's a pivotal moment. Yeah. But the red eye is kind of the drink of the movie. It really is. Because Aussie Miyagi loves his red eye it's and true, every time his, they make it it's so gross it just makes me it's really gross but it's kind of like it's his hangover the egg cure. just 
kind of sinks to the bottom and I just think of just swallowing a whole egg yolk. Well, and the thing is like you're not supposed to stir it. Like that's the point. Like you're supposed to eventually drink the raw egg all by and i was like i don't think we wow. can do that and he was a turquoise blue he makes it for gina gershon's character named coral right of course her name is coral and that's how they fall madly in love for five minutes of the movie they have a very acrobatic sex scene it's, i wrote that it's, it's made me very uncomfortable <laughs> but you had a fun fact about i it. did have a fun fact and that is that tom cruise knew that gina gershon was ticklish and so he tickled her in the scene and they fell off the bed and that's the scene that's the take. It's kept. very, I would still say it's very like, it's chill. It's pretty mild compared Not to chill. most. <laughs> Not chill. After it's very acrobatic. <laughs> it's very mild compared to, I would say, a modern day scene of that nature. Right. I can't even bring myself to Are you say so it. excited to watch Eyes Wide Shut? No, I can't even. I'm going to have to do it by myself. <laughs> I <know. laughs> Like, I'm going to be like, I didn't have a guest for this episode. And for this one. I know. I'm really scared about it. It's Stanley Kubrick. It's weird. I know. I don't know. Anyway, so he makes his drink for Coral. They fall in love. They're together for like literally all of five minutes of the movie before. Right. But wait, wait. But you oh, have sorry. To, I'm skip, am the, I skipping no, over okay. something important? That's where they're introduced while he's dating Coral for a total of 30 seconds. <laughs> they're together and Doug, who is Aussie Miyagi, and Brian decide that their idea is to open their own bar and call it, wait for it, Cocktails and Dreams. And also Doug's thing is that he always says, he always has these little one-liners of... Misogyny. Of his, yeah, of his wisdom. <laughs> and he says, Coglin's Law. That's not his accent at all. <laughs> Was he like from I Alabama? I can't. He's from Australia. I told you I can't. Coglin's Law. <laughs> like a western right now okay anyway but anyway he always says coglin's law and then he'll say some like stupid one-liner and that's when i thought he kept saying goblin's law (laughs) why is he talking about goblins why is is this harry potter also okay oh yeah so back to coral so they're dreaming and scheming having a great life they're best friends they want to open up cocktails and dreams he's zero to 60 with coral and then I totally called it, but she they're totally shooting hoops it. together. Doug and Brian are, and he bets him that she's going to be in bed with another man by the end of the week. Right. And I was like, she's totally going to sleep with Doug. So then she shows up at cell block, <laughs> <that> was called, <laughs> yeah, cell block, makes out with Doug at the bar while Brian is standing there. And then, of course, they like brawl and fight and they're so mad and he betrays him. And then. Literally, the next scene is just Tom Cruise in Jamaica. Right. He runs out into the street. He's so mad. He's leaving that place. He's not friends with Doug anymore. And then they're in Jamaica. He's just magically in Jamaica. Which they had talked about. That's where they wanted to open Cocktails and Dreams was in Jamaica. So it's not like totally random. And here's our next fun cameo. Guess who's in Jamaica? He's in the movie for like 15 seconds. Yeah. But uncle frank from home alone it's true asking for free stuff just like he does in home alone <laughs> yes, he plays it's one like his, character. talk about stereotypes right that's typecast no or not. typecast oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, say stereotyped. I can't remember which is right no it's typecast so uncle Fr- i think it's while uncle frank is there then the cutest elizabeth shoe walks up it's true which i don't really remember i haven't she's another one that i haven't seen a lot that she's been in i haven't either i don't feel like she had a long acting career it kind of feels like she lived. Yeah, like, I think she was a lot of 80s, early 90s, maybe. Yeah. I don't think I've seen a lot of her stuff but either. she was, I wrote down, she's got that kind of wholesome girl next door, but doesn't take crap from anybody That's accurate. vibe. Yeah. She's really sweet. But then she runs up and she says that her friend has passed out. And wait, cause, because Tom Cruise is working at the bar in Jamaica. Oh, yeah. The way, He's that's like a, the yeah. hot bartender in Jamaica. He's the hot bartender wherever he goes. Which is just funny because... It just seemed like there's so many regulars at this bar in Jamaica. I'm like, does everybody just Yeah, just where are all these people here? coming? Yeah. Well, also, like, I feel like this movie doesn't do a good job of, like, the passage of time. Like, you've no idea how long right. things have happened. We're just in Jamaica all of a sudden. So, anyway, he goes with Elizabeth Shue. Her name is Jordan Mooney. Yes. And Jordan's friend is passed out on the beach. They're really worried about her. He runs up, and then he says, she said that she was drinking a lot of champagne on the beach. <laughs> And he says, champagne is perfume going in, sewage going out. Which is a great line. Really something that we should 
yeah, everybody should say that. That, that, should, should, be a, the, that should be a tagline for, for one of the for champagne. For champagne. Just champagne in general. Yeah, like one yeah. of those I agree with that. Fancy champagne's yeah. like the <clears throat> tiny bottles they is that Golden Globes? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, yeah. Or is yeah. it the Oscars? Probably both. Let's be honest. They probably get well. Golden Globes is. The I've one always where they wanted get, like, one of them, like the little tiny bottles, but then it has like the cup yeah, at the top. Yeah, Golden it's Globes is the one where they get hammered. So I'm gonna go with that one. Yeah, you're probably right. Oh, so then they go back to the bar. Again, like, but five <laughs> minutes later, she shows up at the bar, and you're like, "There's she, but so she was much in the ambulance with her friends." So that's what I'm saying. Like, they don't have. There's no passage of time. In there's this no movie. passage of time. But then at the same time, it feels like. For eighty five percent of the movie, nothing is happening. But that's or they're but just that's accurate. He's just they're just bartending. shooting the breeze at the bar. Yeah. Like it's just they're kind of flirting a little bit, and then but guess who shows up in Jamaica? Asi Miyagi, Doug, Doug, <laughs> Goblin, the Doug, the Goblin. Doug but he just goblin. shows up and like starts basically antagonizing him again. Yeah, and then well, and now all of a sudden he's married. So how long has he's Tom Cruise married, been in Jamaica? And then Tom Cruise is like pretty happy to see him, even though he swore he would never see. He talk would never to him look again. at him again. And he's married to Kelly Lynch, who was ripped in this movie. <laughs> right? she, when I saw her, I was like, "Oh my gosh, wow, Kelly!" And, and, and another, like, I said mm. later too that I'd never. The only context, like the only way that I know Kelly Lynch, is from how obsessively I watched Curly <laughs> Sue when I was little. <laughs> And she's this very, very tightly wound attorney in that movie. I think yeah. she's a lawyer. And this movie, she's having a great time and wearing next to nothing. So anyways, so Doug's antagonizing him. He comes back. He's married a rich, beautiful woman from New York City in apparently 10 minutes time. Oh, I also wrote Jamaica in the 80s, thriving. <laughs> because everybody's <laughs> having such a great time jamaica in the 80s <laughs> thread yes so it's literally like the dream well we go into basically he starts dating elizabeth shoes character right Jordan and then all, i said okay all of a sudden they're star-crossed lovers and they do this whole like we're in love montage it's like the best honeymoon but right after they met that's yeah that very night that they met um but then they get there's like a montage of them like jeeping, jeeping? making out under a wall they're like oh, in a jeep yeah, yeah. <laughs> It just didn't register. I was like, what? <laughs> They're like making out under a waterfall. They're hanging out on yeah, like a the pier. Yeah, the We're in Love in Jamaica montage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you like, have, I mean, we again, have, who knows how long that's right. been? We Is don't it know. a month? Is it a week? Is it three days? Right. We don't know. We have every reason to believe that they're completely in love. In the span. They're and literally, end, it could just be 24 hours. Right, their end game. Yeah. Oh, also, I wrote that there's a scene where she's an artist and she draws a portrait of him. It's that looks like what a cartoonist would draw in an amusement park. And not even of Tom Cruise. Of yeah, like it a was regular not, it guy. Was really not Tom Cruise. <laughs> You're like, that is the worst. I also liked her outfit in that scene. You did like her pants. I did like her pants. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the worst drawing ever. And I wrote, I think that's another constant throughout the movie is that every different scene that he's in, he has a different, here's how to be a millionaire or oh idea yeah, yeah think smart move fast like he literally just like touches everything and is like somebody how to thought turn of this. your idea into a million dollars i feel like the 2019 version would be him reading girl wash your face or something <laughs> you know what it makes me think of that scene from baby mama where dex shepherd where he's like i he's like i thought of what was it the ipod and he's like i almost killed myself when apple <laughs> came out with the ipod because he's like i had that idea like that's tom cruise in this movie literally like He's like Brick in Anchorman where he just starts naming things that are around him. And he's like, somebody thought of that. Right. This this cocktail oh, umbrella, right. Right. somebody cocktail thought of this. Umbrella. That thing on the end of your shoelaces, like, somebody what? thought of that. Oh, my like, gosh. Yeah, I said, why is he so obsessed with being a millionaire? And I wrote, he literally has no personality. And I said, they're shooting the breeze for like 80% of the movie. But let's be honest. Oh, also when they were making out in the waterfall and they're about to get it on, <laughs> we were like, Close your eyes. Oh, he had his eyes open the whole time. It was so creepy and weird. It's the weirdest thing ever. I'm like, Tom Cruise, close your eyes. That is so weird. Okay, so they're in love. And then the next scene. He's bartending again. He's bartending. Surprise. He's, he's going to make some money. <laughs> he's back at the bar. <laughs> and Doug is there too. And then Doug is like, I bet you can't hit on that woman over there and sack her or something. They're both obsessed with being rich. And they both like. He got to it by marrying a rich girl. So he's telling Tom Cruise, or I'm sorry, Brian Flanagan, 
that he needs to just like you know get with a rich girl and he's like i bet you can't get with that rich girl over there i'll bet you 50 dollars. they bet 50 dollars on a lot of stuff in this movie right and there's this well-to-do woman with for let's be rich if you're if you're rich you don't bet 50 dollars <laughs> right they're, they're really like showing their cards in the 80s maybe i guess it was the 80s but so there's this woman and then who's like 45 which is not old jessica but it is to like twenty-one year old Tom Cruise. We don't even know how old he is. That's right. He's ex-military. Who knows? We don't how many, know how long he was gone. We have no idea how much time has passed. We don't know. It could be a decade after he started working at TGI Fridays. For all we know, it's true. So, okay, I wrote "Close Your Eyes, Tom," <clears throat> and then I wrote <laughs> "Close Your Eyes, Tom," and then next thing we know, this woman that he hits on, they're leaving together, and he's cheating on Jordan with Bonnie. With Bonnie. So he's stumbling out of the bar, laughing with Bonnie, and then Jordan comes up and sees him about to go cheat on her. So then the next day, after he sleeps with Bonnie, he realizes he's made a mistake and he starts that he jogging in these tight white pants. It's the eighties. To go apologize to Jordan. And Jordan's gone, bro. Dude, she flew back to New York City. She went back to New York. She works at Jerry's Deli. She's Leave a her alone. That's right. A waitress and a bartender. How perfect. Okay. This is where the movie goes from like zero to 60 so fast. That's yeah. what you're like. You said like 82% of the movie is them shooting the breeze. But I got to be honest with you. That 82% is the <laughs> best like, part of the okay, movie. They were like, okay, let's put all of everything that happens in the story in the last Literally 20 minutes. I'm not kidding. 20 minutes. So here's a fun fact. So a lot of people think that the majority of the movie is in Jamaica. Yeah. Guess how many actual minutes of the movie they're in Jamaica? Two. <laughs> small. <laughs> the montage is 10 seconds. You made it sound like it was nothing. It's only 24 minutes. Wow. The movie's an hour. Of the movie? Yeah. It's an hour and 45 minutes and only 24 of it is in Jamaica. And I think people associate Jamaica with that movie. I didn't. I mean. But I don't. <laughs> Okay, not to be <laughs> true. Never mind. <laughs> no, I think it was because I didn't realize that it was. You didn't realize it took place. That there was anything even, in Jamaica. I just forgot that the movie existed. To be honest. Well, yeah. So did I. Like until when you I started, started telling me podcast. all the movies that everybody got to watch, I was like, "You were like cocktail." Like I couldn't get interview with a vampire <laughs> or a few good men or Jerry <laughs> Maguire. You, right. I know. Oh, okay, so a few good men. they go back. You've not seen a few We've good men? We've been over this. Yeah, it's my favorite it. movie. Okay, we might need to bring you back for a few <sighs> Okay, so he comes back to New York City, and he's, he's with, with Bonnie. Bonnie. Like, he's carrying her coat around. She's this high-powered businesswoman. He, and he's a trophy boyfriend. Trophy boyfriend. Yeah. And she, he basically just follows her around and does what she tells him to do. Yeah. Until Which, he, they go to an art show. And then there's this, I don't even, this, it's for a sculpture, but this, this. But it's literally trash that he's sculpting together. Yeah, the whole scene. And then Brian is drunk and then starts exchanging some words with the sculptor. Bonnie's there. And then you guessed it, fists start flying. There's a lot of punching in this movie. There's actually. a lot of punching. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then bars. she's like, Brian, no. <laughs> And he's outside. Put your bunny yeah. <laughs> and then she stumbles out in her fur coat. And then they have this. Which yeah. So I then have they to break say, up. I do. They're outside, but there's a marquee behind them of a local theater. And Casablanca is playing. And it says Humphrey Bogart and Ingrid Bergman. And I just feel like that was a sign to me that this was that like. That was like the only good part of the movie. Of the I movies. know. But I'm like, that's one the of my mention. favorite movies. And I was like, oh. I picked a good first movie. There you go. Because you know, well, and also it's called Cocktail. But there go ahead. Go. Anyways, so they break up. She slaps him so hard, and then um, he goes. So then Jordan. he's like, "Oh, I've clearly made a mistake. I've got to go find Jordan." So he goes to find her at the deli, and then she gives him a piece of her, her mind. mind and and the specials. And yeah, he's like, "Can I see the specials?" And I totally forgot about how that used to be a thing where. They bring out the specials to show you the food. I don't ever remember that being a thing. You don't remember that with, you know, like a dessert cart or a dessert menu oh, yeah, when maybe, they bring out a tray? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember dessert. But this was like... Yeah, I guess I've never seen it with the actual 
entree, but, but she dumps it all. She over dumps him. it all over him, and he deserves it. She spills ketchup on his lap, and then he has that great line where he's like, "If I were you, I wouldn't order the specials." He says that to the other patrons. So funny, and it's great. And Tom Cruise delivers it with such Tom Cruise charm. Yeah, by this point, I'm just kind of like, "Oh my god!" But if you think it's dramatic now, just, just wait. wait. So then. He tries to go find... No, no he no. goes to Jordan's apartment. Yeah, he's relentless in his pursuit of Jordan Mooney. Right, now that he's not with Bonnie anymore. And then he goes to Jordan's apartment, and their whole exchange is weird. He does this kind of half-assed apology. It's true, it is very... Yeah, you can say ass. Okay. <laughs> he said ass. He, like, didn't apologize. He kind of apologized, kind of not. And then basically says, you were, it, you were moving so fast and I wasn't ready. Yeah, he totally he blames said, her you, for you the whole. And he said, spooked me. She was, he was like, I, he's like, you won't spook me again. And she said, I know how to spook you. I'm pregnant. And you're like, oh my God. I look back at Fran and she was like. <gasps> at this point, literally at this point in the movie, the last this is the last 20 minutes of the movie. It is a soap opera. Like it turns up into a straight up soap it opera. Is. Like And. The best line and the worst line are in that scene. So she's With hers? Yeah, she's a painter, and she's clearly painted the waterfall where they were making out in Jamaica. And he's like, is that your waterfall? Is that our waterfall? And she's like, no. And she goes, the name's Mooney, not Monet. Oh, that's what she said. Yeah. That makes more sense. No, I didn't know what's her last name until... And I was like, okay, I love you said that, that. That is my the- favorite line because it's so cheesy. <laughs> and I'm all about the Because you said that in the line, you were like, she said, you repeated it to me. And I was like, why does that? I don't get it. <laughs> but now I remember it's because her name and is. Then the I, didn't worst- know, I didn't know that her last name was Mooney until yeah. way after that scene, unfortunately. The, the worst line of the whole movie is after she tells him that she's pregnant. And he says, did you bring me all the way up here to your apartment just so you could kick me out? And she said, I knew it was the only way to get you out of my life. But it's the worst delivered line of the whole movie. Yeah, because the drama, it just doesn't match the emotion of the scene. It's pretty bad. It's, it's like a cardboard cutout it's delivery It's really line. something, as yeah. is the rest of the movie. And he, she kicks him out of the apartment. So she kicks him out of the apartment. And so then what does he do? He goes to find Asi Miyagi. Does he, though? Yeah, that's the next scene. He goes to that club. Because he's like, I need a job. I got to prove. Forgotten. I'm like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he goes. It's because so much happens in the last 20 minutes. I know. Minutes. I'm really decompressing right now. I know. He, yeah. So he goes to Doug's restaurant. He has Is like it a club restaurant. restaurant. It's called club. Mysteria. Mysteria. Yeah. It's on the door. And Doug is what would appear to be really successful it's yeah. a really hot club and now we see that his his wife is starting to stray a little bit oh yeah she's like making out with like four people in the yeah bar. kelly lynch she's never been faithful they show her on the beach like flirting with right as soon as they show up to jamaica and on their honeymoon so oh, was that their honeymoon yeah oh that's why he was in jamaica that makes yeah. more sense now and so then they go on to a yacht. Oh, he brings him a gift. Them. He brings him a gift of some alcohol because, you know, bartenders. Right. So and they excuse themselves from the club, go back to what I assume is Doug's yacht because he's very well to do now. Well, the name on the boat is Carrie's Dream. Oh, Which right. is his wife's name. Right. And Cocktails and Dreams. Get it? Right. Yeah. Carrie's Dream. And then basically we discover that Doug's not doing so well. He's super drunk and then he starts to kind of tell him everything that's been going on he was excited about well he's not a businessman he's, he's not, not been playing, a businessman. he's not been paying taxes he's not been considering the expenses yeah, he didn't he didn't think through the details of running his own business right. and it just it's kind of it's bleak it's it's not great and then he passes out and then brian i forgot his name <laughs> Well, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Then takes <clears throat> Carrie, a.k.a. Kelly Lynch, right. a.k.a. Doug's wife, decides to drive her home to their apartment, which can you even guess where this is going? I yes. mean, it's the coral incident all over again. Right. So then they at some point start making out. 
And then he comes to his senses and he's like, wait, no, I can't. He like throws himself away from her. It's very dramatic. Yes. And then he leaves, goes back to the yacht and we discover that Doug is dead. Yeah. A gruesome. It's not a gruesome death. I, when I, it was, there's blood everywhere. It's sad. There's blood everywhere. I thought that. You thought he'd been murdered. I thought he'd been murdered. I did. So anyway, that's all sad. So then he runs from there back to Jordan's apartment. Of course, because where else would he go? Right. Because obviously you should be with Jordan. And Jordan's not there. And then her roommate, not her roommate, her neighbor. is like, oh, she's at her she's parents. Like, she's at her parents she's on, on Park Avenue. Yeah. So it turns out she's actually Right. Super so rich. Jordan's super loaded. And it's like, oh, wow. How convenient for the guy that wants to be a millionaire. Right. Ugh, I'm annoyed. And so then he runs to this Park Avenue apartment and there's a bellhop. A bellhop who's pretty annoyed on the phone. And he's like, I need to speak with Jordan Mooney. She lives in the penthouse with her parents. Yeah. Then he goes up there. Her dad's there. Her dad's trying to pay him off to stay away. And he says, I deserve a second chance. No, you don't. I can't be bought. And we're like, really? Really, though? It seems like maybe you can. It seems like maybe you can. And just what? I know. It's all. There's so much happens in the last 20 minutes of this movie, you guys. I can't even. Right. I wrote, Jordan is pregnant. Doug is a millionaire but hates it. Doug is dead. What is this movie? (laughs) That should should be the tagline (laughs) of the movie. Cocktail. Jordan is pregnant. Doug is a millionaire. He hates it. Doug is dead. (laughs) What is this movie? (laughs) That's pretty accurate. Yes. So he basically like, but he convinces Jordan. Basically like Doug's death is his like awakening of like, I need to take responsibility for my life and the life of my unborn child. Right. And he convinces Jordan to come with him, but not through, he punches the bellhop. Right. Like through a piece of furniture. Right. Somehow, Somehow everybody, he's punching the bellhop. Everybody's trying to stop him from getting to Jordan. Punches the bellhop. Tries to fight with the dad. They're knocking stuff over in the penthouse. And then Jordan's like, I want to be with him. And if you're if you're trying to follow along with this and you're like, I don't even understand what's happening. I understand that feeling. That's how I felt. During the movie. Even right. though even if you were watching the movie, there's nothing <laughs> happening. It's that hard to and follow then, along with. And then, so then, cut to... His the wedding. Uncle, no, his uncle's bar. Oh yeah, at the wedding. Yeah, was <laughs> like what? Yeah, his uncle's bar where they're getting married, and dancing, and they're in love. Yeah, and it's like a hole in the wall bar. Yeah, but kind of course, like a TJ, <laughs> like a TJ, but it's like an Irish pub. Yeah, but like, it reminds me of the one in Mount Adams. Oh yeah, um, and then they're like saying all these cutesy things to each other but they're not cute at all and another thing that i'm like who says that she's like you'll probably want to divorce me in three weeks he said that he says it at the beginning where he's like you're probably gonna want to divorce me in three weeks (laughs) because of something and then she remember she's still pregnant and she's like you're gonna want to divorce me in a few weeks when i'm fat and ugly like that's like as long as you don't get too fat that's what he says (laughs) i was like what uh is this and then after that, after they dream, after they dream. It's all a dream. That's the it's twist. It's all a dream. He got, he got knocked unconscious <laughs> at TGF Fridays yeah. and all of it was no, a dream. And then we flash forward. We don't know how long. Exactly. There's no timetable in this movie. Exactly. I mean, she's, she is, <laughs> she's very, exactly. she's very pregnant. So at least she's very pregnant. like what, like six months probably. And so somehow he has opened his own. He has opened his own bar in guys. tribute in tribute to Aussie Miyagi. It's called Flanagan's Cocktails, Cocktails and Dreams. And you know that he's made it because he's wearing a shiny vest and a fancy bolo. <laughs> As one does in the 80s. <laughs> and then they're about to. He does this kind of, again, stupid toast to his pregnant a wife. A poem. Yeah, a poem about if it's was the boy, the boy big, will get the bar. Was a poet was poetry big in the eighties? I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know. It's like slam poetry. It's Wait, like but weird, then like... she like walks over to him and they're about to kiss, 
And he's like, I promise. It's like, I'll never get spooked again. Yeah, I'll never get spooked again. Like, I won't leave you. Why are they using the words? And then she's like, like, I know how to spook you again. And I said, I was like, it's twins. And I was like, you called it again? So. And that's the end of the movie. Right. In conclusion, this is what we're done. In conclusion, if you're looking for an inspirational bartender movie, just watch Coyote Ugly instead. (laughs) Find the like. So much better. In conclusion. Please let me watch a better Tom Cruise movie. We'll bring you back. Cocktail was a little bit. I get the 5% tomato made. Like 58% was a little generous. A lot happens in the last 20 minutes of this movie. And it kind of like, I think the thing that doesn't fit is like. I stand by the 5%. Wow, really? 5%? (sighs) Truly. It's not a great movie. But like the, the, I think the thing that's so, that makes it so bad is that there are two very different tones. Like, the whole, like, first 65% of the movie is this, like, fun-loving, like... I love how much, like, how many percentages we've used. It's <laughs> a lot. Um, it's, like, 65% fun-loving, like, comedy. And then all of a sudden, it's, like, a tragedy drama. Right. That's, like, trying to win an Oscar, it but really it's not... It out. Honestly, they should have stayed in Jamaica. They should have. They should have never come back to New York. That should have been the end of the movie. Is yeah. like, he and... Yeah. They like they reconcile and then it's over. Right. He could have been the star bartender of Jamaica. I know. They could have just raised their little baby there. Raised the twins, not one. They're there twins. Were two. Oh, I forgot <laughs> the twins. Um. Okay. So I have some fun. That's basically the movie. It was not great. It was not like as far as it wasn't probably the worst Tom Cruise movie we'll watch on this podcast. What do you think is the worst? I don't know. I have, this is only the first one. This is episode one. I'm pretty sure that. No. You think that there's got to be worse ones? Let me see your list. I don't know. Born on the 4th of July? Do you even know what that is? I don't even know what that is. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, at least cocktails got a place in the pop culture. Like, at least people know it. You know what I mean? Um, Okay, so here's... I looked up some fun facts about the movie because I know how much you love movie trivia. So, obviously, we've already gone over some of these Mm -hmm. throughout the podcast. But um, the Beach Boys song... Kokomo yeah was written for this movie no it was not yes it was and it was nominated for best original song at the Golden Globes what I know it was beat out by a a song from it was a tie for the movie Buster and Working Girl so it wasn't they didn't win but it was it was released on the soundtrack for this movie wow as an original song wow so I know that's a pretty big pop culture moment it's a pretty great song um I always think that this is fascinating. I feel like you would, because I feel like it would change the movie dramatically. But when they tell you who is also considered for the role. Oh, I love those. Okay. So Tom Cruise, Brian Flanagan was mm-hmm. also, also considered for the role. Here's the list. Robin Williams. Wow. Jim Carrey. Wow. Charlie Sheen. Ugh. Keanu Reeves. Huh. John Travolta. Rob Lowe. Tom Hanks. Oh my gosh, no. Steve Gutenberg. I mean, I love Tom Hanks. Right. I didn't want that to sound like I, I didn't. Bill Murray and Jeff Bridges. But listen, Hanks couldn't accept the role because of what movie? Big. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's a look at you. I mean, I'm so impressed. That was like a Jeopardy question that I'm you just so got. I'm so glad that he did Big instead. I know, right? Could you imagine? Like if Big I don't without want to Tom imagine. Hanks? I know, it's a terrible world. Okay, also considered for the role of Jordan Mooney. Okay. You ready for this? Jennifer Grey. Okay. Demi Moore. Okay. Who would go on to star with him in A Few Good Men. Oh. Um, Jodie Foster. Daryl Hannah. I can see that. Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, I can see that. Jennifer Jason Lee, And Heather Graham. Oh, I think... I feel like I always get Jennifer Jason Lee and Elizabeth Shue mixed up. So I could... But that makes sense, though. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um... Tom Cruise actually trained. There is a name for what they're doing in this movie. It is called Flair Bartending. What? <laughs> it's called Flair Bartending. What do you mean? Like the like whole like, the on tricks. A show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All like the, the show of it. He trained for this movie I mean, at a place called John Clancy's Seafood Restaurant in New York City. Wow. I know. Fascinating. I'm he's actually little... he's actually pretty good at it. He's good at it. I'll give him yeah. that. I mean, I th- when I made our drinks for this podcast, I didn't look at anything like that. Um, it looked cool. I think I was like, Fran, Give please tell me what credit. to do. 
it was not great um another little piece of trivia on the gold coast in queensland australia mm-hmm. there is a real life multi-level nightclub called cocktails and dreams which was named after the one in the movie Wow. So it's at least famous enough that there's a bar named after. And we should definitely go. I know. I think that's going to be the next. We'll do the next podcast from <laughs> Cocktails and Dreams in Queensland, Australia. We're totally uh, yeah. Forget about the money I was spending on alcohol. <laughs> right. We're going to buy. We're going to Australia. We're going to Australia. Australia. Yes. Another great movie that we both saw in theaters together. It was like eight hours long. Oh my gosh. So long. Um, Another fun fact, mostly because of the way we made our cocktails for this podcast, but almost every time a bottle is handled during the bartender scenes, you'll see that it's a bottle of Bacardi rum, which is the very type of rum I use in our cocktails tonight. Oh, wow. Good job. I know. I actually didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> was like, well, great. But I was like, ooh, way to think it through this. I know. And then the last little fun fact that I have is that Jeffrey Katzenberg, who was the CEO at Walt Disney Studios at the time, which is apparently the studio that released this, which is shocking. Not really. Yeah. What? I guess the 80s were kind of weird. Disney's um, got an underbelly. It's true. Um, he briefly changed the name to The Bartender. The Bartender. Which doesn't have the same ring as Cocktail. But then he changed it back to Cocktail right before it opened. Yeah, I think in I feel like Cocktail was the right. Yeah. Um, the Bartender. I know, right? I think overall, probably not his worst movie, um, but de- definitely not his best. Yeah. It's weird to me that it's sandwiched between Top Gun and Rain Man. Probably two of his most iconic performances. Yeah. Like, it's probably why it's so forgettable, because it was, like, around a bunch of, like, his iconic stuff. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, truthfully, like, I feel like Tom Cruise in this instance, like, made the movie better. With his charm. Right. Like you couldn't have had any of those other actors in it. it like imagine been, Steve Gutenberg. That would have been, been like Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a two percent. No offense, Steve. <laughs> he has his merits. It's just not in this capacity. Um, all right, any last thoughts? Fran on cocktail. Wow, what a journey. <laughs> it was quite a journey, especially after we walked through it the way we did. <laughs> It's like, wow, there was a lot to this movie. I'm so except not all at the same time. Yeah, I'm I'm really grateful that you would invite me to um partake in this cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would have loved to share it with nobody else but you because I feel <laughs> like you really took studious notes. <laughs> I did. I was watching that. during the movie. I think I wrote down like I five things really, and took really like seriously four pages of notes. Um, but I appreciate the vigor. It's also a shared notebook for every guest on the show. So I really needed to set the bar. I need it. Yeah, I know. Well, thanks you know, for don't being, be afraid to take notes. Yeah, don't be afraid. You have to because otherwise you forget stuff. Um, well, thank you, Fran, for coming on the first podcast of the Booze Cruise. We'll be seeing Fran again because Fran has very many anecdotal <laughs> things. You're that are soaping. Great. Thank to add you. and she has to come back for a few good men because you've never seen it and that is just like it's my favorite movie of all time and it is insane to me that you have not seen it wow you are really <laughs> <laughs> my voice is Fran's also going through puberty <laughs> thank you so much for having me